Okay, good morning everyone, welcome back. I'm coming to you live from the CBS Community Kailo of Summerton, Philadelphia on a beautiful, lovely, and crispy Tuesday morning. Continuing with Derech Hashem, we are in Chelek Aleph, Per Gimel, Simon Yud, Aleph Gimel Yud. Uh, we just have to wrap up test that we read test inside yesterday. Before we move on to Yud, we just have to return to one line, as we mentioned yesterday, one deep to pick up on over here. So the main point of test was... Um, <clears throat> taking further ideas, many of the ideas that we have been speaking at outside, and the Ramchal put them down for us on paper inside, that once Adam Rishon made that fateful move and was madgish the Ra, reinforced Ra, and gave Ra a kiyum, gave Ra a legitimate existence, so uh, he did that to himself, he did that to Bria, this, the, the man and his environment are no longer able to have a uh, uh, um, a a, a um, ideal relationship with Hashem and they're no longer able to have the um, oneness and closeness with Hashem for which the world was designed because there's too much in the way. There's too much that's contradictory to Hashem. The fact that not only there's physicality, which there has to be, but there's, there's physicality which is its, its own entity, which is a, a brief of Ne'atma now, so the man has to be destroyed, the world has to be destroyed, they have to be recreated, and they're going to be recreated with a goof and with a physical environment, but one that is going to be that of Adam Rishon before the Chet, and what Adam Rishon should have been if he wouldn't have been Chayte, which is just a, 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 a coding of physicality, which is there to allow the Neshama to uh, be the, 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 the main focus and have that Dveikos with HaKash Baruch with with barely any resistance, with no resistance. Barely any resistance. So, he was talking about the, the necessity for man to be destroyed and the world to be destroyed and recreated. And if we read it quickly, so the, 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 the idea and the focus over here seems does seem to be that the problem lies with the, the, the physicality, the, book, the, the, the body, the guf. That definitely seems to be the emphasis and the main point over here. Definitely when we read this quickly. That's that's the fo- the problem is the goof right the problem is the body the body is what's dragging us down the goof is what is is, is pull, pulling us down. See the neshama is great it's not the neshama's fault the neshama so ask the question better what's the main reason why we need to all die after 120 we have to be recreated after the year 7000 the world needs to be destroyed and recreated after the year 7000 the 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 main problem is the main resistance which is the body the physicality the goof the goof is what we gave a legitimate existence to. We look at the Ramchal, that is an interesting deek. It sounds like there's something that matter with the Neshama also. That's what I want to return to before we move on to Yod. It definitely sounds like over here that there's an issue with our Neshama. And it's not just the Guf's fault that we have to be destroyed and recreated, but there's something going on with the Neshama. So look back. Um, let's go back to the beginning of Tess. Part of how things played themselves out now, according to Hashem's master plan, is the world can no longer, uh, can no longer, um, um, sorry, can no longer receive shlemus perfection, oneness with Hashem in the corrupted and 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 um, corrupted and and um, contaminated form that it's in right now. 
have to go through a destruction and reconstruction process. Good. That, that's, that's good so far. But look at the next line. The neshama, in its current existence, is unable to purify the guf, unable to raise the guf to a point that the guf can just be that, that, that membranous of coatings, of the barest, of thread barest, of, of, uh, outer layers, to, to, to allow the whole man to have the Hashem. The neshama cannot do that. The neshama cannot do that. Before the neshama leaves the guf and comes back later after the yisab days of yamas, we have to let the guf die and be destroyed. Oh, we didn't even get a warning, did we? All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, apologies again, everyone. In WhatsApp land, we know when there's this. Uh, you guys know by now what probably just happened over here, right? Anyway, I'm just getting the computer rebooted. Yeah, anyway, um, the neshama can't be mezach the guf, el achash tesim yon etchilo, v'yomus haguf, v'yipasit, v'az yachse v'yivne, b'ni chadash, v'tikonis, b'y haneshama v'tazach echeyu. And then we will uh, have a recreated existence, and the neshama will come back in, and the neshama will, will, uh, once, will, will be able to now purify the guf. So it sounded like the Ramchal just said that there's a problem with the neshama also. The neshama can't purify the guf in this world, in this existence, in this lifetime. Now, of course, everyone will tell me, no, of course, what does he mean the neshama can't purify the guf? Because the guf can't be purified, right? Avada, avada. The Ramchal is a grace of daikon. And the, the Ramchal already told Nakdama, he's writing this paper very carefully. The Ramchal could have said it differently. He could have said the same way he says in the, in, in the first part of the paragraph. Exactly. He says the guf is on a The guf, the guf cannot receive zichuch. The guf cannot receive aliyah. The Ramchal is not saying it. He says it from the point of view of the guf. He's also saying it from the point of view of the neshama. He means what he says. He says what he means. The Ramchal is very careful with his words. He doesn't speak in a way like, oh, well, that's what he means. When he says Laisucha and Neshama, the problem is not with the Shama, the problem is the Guf. No. He's saying Laisucha and Neshama. Neshama can't do it. Neshama can't do it. Or if the problem is with the Guf on the receiving end, then it's not that the Neshama can't do it. The Neshama for sure could do it. The Neshama could do it. It could do it. Just it doesn't have a, doesn't have a Shotif. doesn't have anyone to give to, right? It doesn't have a Guf. It doesn't have a Guf that it can work with. Ramchal doesn't say that. Nish does Zok there. Nish does Shreib there. He says, Laisucha and Neshama Lezachicha Guf. The Mashmois the Ramchal is it is a problem with the Neshama also. This is what we need to just pick up on before we move on. Um, <coughs> we need to pick up on before we go on over here. Um, what's going on over here? It's certainly everyone hear the diak? Everyone see that diak over there? The Neshama is unable to purify the Guf before the, without the Neshama being separated from the Guf and then coming back to the Guf. If the problem is the guf, then we understand the guf is the problem. That, that's, that's the issue. The issue is the is the guf. But why does Ramchal tell us that there's a problem with the neshama also? What's going on? So there is something very big going on over here. And the taka is a problem with the neshama as well, not just with the guf. The problem isn't just in the guf, there is a problem with the neshama. 
Um, and let's speak that out because it's it's a very chash of a nakuda. That's what we have to wrap up today before we move on to Yodim. It's a mutual need for this mutual departure. When when a person dies after 120, and the Shama goes up and the Guf goes down, until they are reunited for eternity, in Eilam Haba, in the grace of Tchiyas HaMesim, we have a new Guf and then the Shama comes back, the reason for that departure is not just to allow the Guf to be cre- recreated, to allow the Guf to be raised and purified and elevated from the Neshama. The point of that departure is also to allow the Neshama to go back and do that for the Guf. The Neshama, Taka can't affect the Guf without the Neshama being released from the Guf. The Neshama has to build itself up to speed. The Neshama has to have the Kalim to be able to raise the Guf. And as long as the Neshama is cemented to a Guf, that is capable of sinning, is capable of running the show, is capable of, 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 of grabbing the steering wheel, of, of carjacking that car that they're driving in together, as long as the guf is A, capable of doing that, and B, the neshama is cemented to that guf, that cripples the neshama. That's a handicapped neshama. And a handicapped neshama is incapable of raising a guf. It's a neshama that's been crippled and handicapped. Now, crippled and handicapped means inside the neshama could be brilliant and beautiful, and, and Lichtig, you know, like, uh, a person could have a brilliant mind, Lamashal. Rachmanul, it's Lanshal, like Neda. But he could be, he could be trapped in a body that's crippled and handicapped. And sometimes you can still access the mind that's in there. Sometimes you can't access that mind that's in there. But sometimes you can have something of sheer brilliance and illumination, which is trapped in a shell that, um, that, 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 that is, will be its own worst enemy. It's, 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 it's physical, it's physical, um, you know, vehicle. That is, um, the beginning of understanding what's going on over here. It goes beyond that. Sometimes you have, you know, someone who has towering intelligence and he's, he's, um, again, his, his, his physical component is crippled, is handicapped, is hindered from being able to be fully active. Sometimes it doesn't affect the, the, the intelligence that's within. Sometimes it does. How does it affect the intelligence that's within? Let's say it's not just intelligence, it has intelligent things to communicate to people. This is someone who's fit to be a leader, someone who's fit to be uh, uh, a mover and a shaker, to, to change and shape society. Sometimes a person can be so, so uh, limited because of his physical constraints that he just can't do that. You have to be able to be active. You have to be able to be involved. You can't necessarily, and most of the time you, you, you necessarily cannot, lead, command, make changes from a hospital ward. You know, as brilliant as the person is. Sometimes a person can be so special, so charismatic, and um, so so committed and dedicated that he is capable of leading and changing society and shaping the world even from a compromised guf. That was a Rebnosnesi Finkel's at Sal. Um, what? What was that snort? I gave a muscle that was more... Uh, oh. oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, good. All right, anyway. But, uh, you know, I, when I was in the mirror, I was able to be in the mirror when Rebnosnesi Finkel was the Rashiva. He had a compromised guf. He had a hindered and handicapped that he was suffering from Parkinson's in a very, very, very... Uh, for anyone else, which would have been very debilitating. 
He didn't want to take medicine because the medicine had side effects. Fogged his thinking. He didn't want to sacrifice, didn't want to compromise in his thinking capabilities. Um, he created an empire, Rav Nelson Svi. You know, he took the mirror and Mamish made it into an empire. Like everything that it is today is, is a direct legacy of what Rav Nelson Svi put into the mirror. He single-handedly led an entire empire. And a good empire, not an evil empire. An empire of light, an empire of Torah, an empire of truth, an empire of Kavad Torah. He led, he was single-handedly on top of the the uh, stipend of every single Kailo younger man. Anyone that wanted to raise, he had to go through Ibn Osnesvi. He had like 2,000 people on the Kailo payroll. I mean, at that point, there were like four or 5,000 people told in the yeshiva, like 2,000 in the light. 25, 100 to 3,000 bachram. Um, everyone went through him. Everything went through him. The entire budget was in his head. The entire student roster was in his head. And he led. You know, he would come. He would give sheer klali every other week. He would stand in front of the shtender there in front of by the Arnkaidish. He would hug himself, have to grip himself the entire time, stop himself from, like, shaking. And he would have svarim set up. He would give, you know, sheer. He gave a, a vad every Friday in his house to the bachram. He gave two vadim. He would make a shaft with anyone that wanted a chavrusa shaft with him. He had to cancel a lot. But he would give anyone a slot. Anyone that wanted to make a chavrusa shaft with him, he would give him a time slot. And uh, he would make time for anyone. He led an entire, not forget about neighborhood, he led an entire belt. And he did, see, he did quite a lot, even, even with a crippled existence. A crippled goof, unfortunately. Um, but you can have a situation, you can have someone who's in a state where, with, 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 with the, 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 the Guf is so compromised, you know, someone that can approach a near comatose state, Rahman al-Islam, or a mamish comatose, there's not much he can do anymore. Just to be a leader, to be effective, to do things, you, you have to have, a, you know, you have to have kalim. You have to have something within which you can interact with your, your surroundings. So this is a crude muscle to understand what's going on here with the neshama of the Guf. The neshama has, its job is taka to, 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 to raise us. His job is not just to be at one with Hashem, it's to be mashpia. The job of the Hashem is, is, is akin to the job of HaKash Baruch We've mentioned this in the past, here in Derech Hashem. Within Derech Hashem, we already intended this idea. The job of the Hashem is exactly that of Hashem. Hashem's job is to be mative, is to give. The Hashem's job is to give. The Hashem gives to us, the Hashem gives to the body, the Hashem gives to the soul, the physicality. The Hashem gives to the world around it. When a neshama is unable to fully give, that cripples the neshama. That handicaps the neshama. That limits the neshama. The fact that a neshama is cemented to a guf and the guf is preventing the neshama from the neshama being fully able to give the guf, that in turn handicaps the neshama. That cripples the neshama. And this limits the neshama. Therefore, it's not just the body that can't receive from the soul. It's the soul can't fully give over the body because it's been cemented to a body that can't fully receive from it. The, 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 the neshama wants to give and is limited from giving. That that stimmies the neshama, but more than just stimmies the neshama, that 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 um, suppresses the neshama and creates limitations, hindrances, and handicaps in the neshama. And for the neshama to be to be able to now be mashpia, to give over to the guf, to raise the guf to a point that the guf itself can enjoy oneness with Hashem, the neshama first has to be released from the guf. And to be given now the ability to be mashpia fully, so they both need to depart from one another in order to get ready for the the objective, the goal, in the oilam ha'emes, which is for the neshama to raise the guf. The neshama has to be released from the band of the guf to be able to um, acquire the kalim 
to be able to give. It has to be unhindered and, 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 and uh, unhandicapped. So this is a neshama that's been limited. So that's exactly why the Ramchal says the neshama itself can't even be mashpiyah, because neshama which is being brought down by a necessary connection to the guf, even a guf that's not sinning currently, even if it's a body that's kaddish v'tar, but the very connection to such a body limits the neshama. And it's a haflodik idea, but this is what this is what happens to the neshama. The connection to the holiest of bodies in this world limits the neshama and brings the neshama down, and that, that's a neshama that doesn't have its. Um, it's it's a uh, full abilities to be much beyond the goof. Okay, so that wraps up Tess. Very 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 uh, deep idea. Now let's move on to Yud. Hine, Based on this principle that we just established over here, Zmana Gmula Amiti. What is the time of true reward? The Hainu Zman Kibul Scharsha Zacharin Lamalo Umekoymoi. The, the stage and the the, the, the the time frame of getting true reward, which is being at one with Hashem, and the place, the environment of that schar, of, of, of um, the objective of what we're here for, oneness in Tvekas with Hashem, after the recreation of the dead in the recreated world. There a person will receive enjoyment, will receive his, uh, his, his hana, will benefit physically and spiritually, spiritually and physically. Via that which the body will be able to be purified, raised, and, um, and, and uh, become bottled to the neshama. And it will become primed and capable of receiving that hana from the neshama through the fact that it has been recreated. Okay, so that's that's to the Ramchal recapping and telling us that this is where the zman kibaschar. Uh, if we look, there's there's a very chash of a over here. The Ramchal didn't say the place of reward, the place of benefit, the place of enjoyment and pleasure is oyim haba. He said zman agmul haamiti. The real place of gemul, the real place of reward, the real, authentic, real McCoy place of what we're here for is Olam Haba. Amiti. Why do I have to say Amiti? Teretz is, what Ramchal is alluding to, is even before we make it to Olam Haba, there is room to get a taste of that reward. We, we can get dividends. Get dividends and we can get a reward, but the real reward, main objective, what we're really working very hard for, that's Olam Haba. But that doesn't mean to say that a person can't get episode reward before that. It's clear from the Ramchal's Diuk over here, explicit in an implicit way, that there is room for a gemul even before Eilam Haba. And there's two places. One is the Eilam Hanashamas, which we have coming around the corner. We may yet see it this week even. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, in, in, in the Sefer. Yeah. It's also Amen. <laughs> yeah, we should all be Zeich the Hanashamas after 120. But uh, <laughs> wait to see it inside the Sefer this week. Um... That's one place where you get the gemul, but not the real gemul. And the other place is right here in this world, Elam Hazeh. There's an idea of getting dividends from your mitzvahs here in this world even. But that's not the real reward. The real reward is Elam Haba. Because that's what the Ramchal is being Maranus to over here. Okay. However, in the Elam HaEmes, there's different madregas, different levels. And, and, and not everybody gets the same reward 
and he, this is really the second time he's already telling this, uh, this idea in the Sefer. He said it before, he went through the whole shtickle of how the whole system works, and he's saying it after he told us about how the whole system works. He's reiterating this point that it, it's not a one-size-fits-all. The, the level and the degree of reward that a person gets in the Olam HaAmes is commensurate to the amount of effort that a person puts in in stage one in the, wor- in the realm of work. And according to the 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 um, degree that a person worked to achieve shleimus perfection. Why does he say two things over here? According to the it's commensurate to the avoida and to the degree which you try to acquire shleimus. Ramchal is once again making it clear that it's not just about doing mitzvahs and it's not even about working hard to do mitzvahs. It's about how you do the mitzvahs. A very scary idea. We mentioned this in the past, Rabbi Say, that the you're making you're, you're, we're not earning Olam Haba. We're making Olam Haba. And we're not just making Olam Haba, we're making ourselves as people that can get Olam Haba. And that's all about the relationship with Hashem. It's all about doing it to be at one with Hashem. It's about making myself someone right now who is like Hashem. So the mitzvahs are not so much there to be arbitrary rules to follow, to move your piece on the Candyland board so you get to the Candy Castle and don't get stuck in the, in the, in the licorice swamp, right? Whatever it is. You make it to the Candy Castle. Yes. That's right. It's not just, okay, I get the right cards, I follow the rules, I make it to the end, candy castle, I go up the ladders, I don't go down the chutes. That would be avoido. It's not just avoido. It's everything that I'm doing is to be closer to Hashem. Everything that I'm doing is to be at one with Hashem. Mitzvahs. Tfilah. Torah. When I do these things because it makes me more like Hashem, then it's making me more like Hashem. When it makes me more like Hashem, then I'm muchanam azuman to be at one with Hashem, to be like Hashem in Eilam Haba. That's what he means when he says, How much effort am I putting in to make this, to, 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 to make myself perfect, to give myself perfection? Perfection means being like Hashem. Perfection means making myself more and more and more like Hashem independently. So it has to be effort on both levels. It can't just be that I'm moister nefesh to come to Dam Tefillah B'Tzibur. It can't just mean that I push myself really hard to keep kosher. I spend extra money to, to keep kosher. I'm doing it because this makes me more like Hashem. I'm doing this because that's what Hashem asked me to do. I'm doing this because it's a privilege to do what Hashem asked me to do, and that's what makes me more perfect. That's what makes me more complete. Not about following the rules. Okay, everybody got that? Scary idea. A person, again, can conceivably, conceivably go through a Gans Leben, an entire life of doing mitzvahs and following the rules ostensibly, and in the, in the, in the long, in the, in, in, in the Olam Haba, in the Olam HaEmes, he could... Indeed, have very little to show for it because how much was he doing this for Shlemus? Okay, kikafi shir zeh tizdar hanesham ba'atzma. According to the effort that a person puts in over here and making himself a self-contained independent source of Shlemus, um, he is empowering his neshama. He is illuminating his neshama, and then to the degree that he illuminates his neshama because he makes his neshama closer to Hashem, v'tari beguf v'tzachachayu. Degree that he made his neshama illuminated, the neshama will be able to. Illuminate the guf. The yiknu shneim yikar umalo. They together will be able to acquire prestige and glory and and a high station in the world to come. They together will be able to now will be fit and and, and naturally receptive to be able to be close to Hashem, bask in the divine light of the divine of the infinite, and enjoy. Hashem's benefit in, in, in the most um, authentic way possible to be as close to Hashem as possible without any resistance, and that's as a result of the effort that a person put in in this world. But again, it is 
it is relative to the person's efforts. It's not one size fits all. It's, it's not either you get in, you don't get in. It is subjective to the avoider that a person put in this world to how much did he make himself like Hashem in this world. To that degree, he illuminates the neshama, strengthens the neshama, impairs the neshama, and then the, by and 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 um, by extension, the neshama is able to make the guf lichtig. Okay, very good. Thank you all for joining. We'll stop here for today, and everyone get back tomorrow and go further. <laughs>